Welcome to the Single Dad Reboot Podcast, episode 18. Hey, to everybody who reached out to me after I recorded the episode where I shared my story, I just wanted to thank you all so much from the bottom of my heart. I truly appreciate the encouragement and the support that you all gave me. It means the world to me. Um, I was not expecting it. You know, I just went in sharing my story. I was hoping to, you know, tell it in the most entertaining way possible while also being as open as possible without actually making it seem like I was tearing my ex-wife down because that was not what I wanted to do. You know, as I mentioned at the end of the episode, um, you know, I don't blame her for anything. I mean, sure, she made the choice that she made. That's cool. But I know that I also played a role in the marriage not working out as well. So it's not fair for me to shift the blame onto her at all. We both played a part. So that's how it is. But again, thank you all for the support and encouragement. Truly appreciate it. And, you know, I'm grateful for everybody that tunes in. And I hope that, uh, you know, it encourages other people to open up and share their stories as well. Because I think there's a lot of healing that can be done and a lot of good that can come out of you being vulnerable and opening up and, you know, taking an honest look at, you know, past situations that didn't work out well for you. So with that in mind, you know, thank you. So a few episodes ago, um, I think it might have been earlier this year or late last year, um, I mentioned that my biggest goal for 2021 was to get my physical fitness in order. And if you've been following me on Instagram at Single Dad Reboot, um, I've been doing weekly progress updates, but it occurred to me that maybe not everybody who listens is on Instagram or follows me on Instagram. So I thought I would share my results here. Now, of course, I can't share the picture results because it's a podcast. It's not a visual medium. It's a audio medium. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to share the results. <laughs> so if you do follow me on Instagram, um, you know, I usually do a post with my weekly results, a few measurements, and then, you know, maybe one or two lessons that I learned from that week. Um, so try and make it a little insightful. So I figured today I would, you know, share the results that I've gotten so far. I just finished my eighth week last week. I'm on week nine now. So I figure two months is, you know, a good sample size to share what I've accomplished so far and also share some lessons that I've learned along the way that have been beneficial to me. Um, you know, thinking that, you know, physical fitness is something that a lot of people struggle with, especially parents and, uh, you know, single parents too. Um, it's something that if you don't have it under control, it's hard to stay consistent. It's hard to pick it back up if you've been out of the loop for a while. So I just wanted to share some of the things that I've been able to do and things that I've realized on my journey um, is just sort of to pay it forward. Maybe it'll help you out. Maybe it won't. Either way, I'm going to share them. So <laughs> get ready to listen. So I started on January 7th um, and that was the, I believe the day after I got back from a, a nine day trip to the Dominican Republic for a new year's trip. And no, I'm sorry, it was like three or four days after, sorry. And so I was full of alcohol and uh, good Caribbean food. So I was coming in at, at a pretty heavy place. <laughs> so on January 7th, I weighed 208 pounds 
and my waist size was 38.5 inches and my body fat percentage was 26%. And I've been measuring my body fat percentage using the Navy formula, which I just Googled, you know, body fat percentage calculator. And that was one of the first ones that came up. So I've just been going with that. I have no idea how accurate it is. I'm sure it's probably off by a few percentage points, but I'm you know, not looking for a completely accurate number. I'm just looking more for, you know, just something that I can track on a weekly basis just to show progress. So again, started out January 7th, 200.8 pounds, 38.5 inch waist, 26% body fat. So I just ended week eight, March 9th, weighing in 196.8 pounds, uh, 35.75 inch waist, and 20.8% 20 body fat. So I'm super happy with those numbers. And, you know, my progress picks, I'm super happy with those too. Now, I know if you just look at the scale weight number, you see, oh, that's only four pounds in eight weeks. That averages out to half a pound a week. Um, now, it hasn't been that linear across those eight weeks because uh, the first week, I think I lost four pounds the first week. Um, I'm pretty sure most of it, well, probably all of it was water weight because I went from 200.8 to the 196.8 that first week. Um, and then the second week, um, I think I gained a, two pounds, maybe two and a half. I just know the weight went up. Um, so I think I was sort of normalizing, if you will. And I think that is part of the reason why I've had limited success with fitness programs in the past and why I think a lot of people have limited success as well, because you only focus on one measurement. You don't focus on more than one thing. So if you completely live and die by the scale weight number, if that number doesn't move quickly enough for you, or if it doesn't move at all, or worst case scenario, it moves up instead of down, you freak out and become discouraged. So this was something that I thought long and hard about when I was making the goal for what I wanted to do this year. I thought about, well, how am I going to track this? And I came in knowing that I can't just be attached to the scale weight. Like I don't just want to get down to a certain amount of weight. I don't want to lose a certain amount of pounds. I want to look a certain way. I want to lose body fat. I want to get down to a lower body fat percentage. So I had a bunch of different measurements that I wanted to track coming into this thing. So I knew that being that the weight loss wasn't going to be a constant weekly thing, it was going to be up and down that seeing a scale jump up a week wasn't going to throw me off track because I would say, Hey, well, my weight might've went up, but my body fat percentage is down or my weight might've gone up, but my waist size shrunk or maybe my waist stayed the same. My weight stayed the same. My body fat percentage stayed the same, but I just hit a bunch of, you know, personal bests at squat, deadlift and bench press this week. So I'm still progressing in some way. So I've got like numerous ways to show progress built into the program that I'm doing. And I did that on purpose because I don't want to focus on one thing, which I, you know, already mentioned. 
So again, I've been super impressed with what I've done so far. And the best part is, is that I haven't even really had my calories cut yet. And I'm not going to do that until probably the first week of April. I'm going to finish out this month. And then my trainer, Joe Kalari, shout out to Joe. Uh, he is going to cut my calories in April. So I'm pretty excited about that because looking at my progress pictures and also, you know, looking at myself daily in the mirror and what I'm doing, able to do in the gym, I know that once I start cutting calories, I think physically it's going to be a dramatic change for me. I think I'm going to look a lot different than I've probably ever looked before. So I'm super excited about how that's going to turn out. And, you know, again, I'm going to continue to share that weekly on Instagram. And, you know, I think maybe I'll do an episode every couple of months just to check in for those that aren't on Instagram, just to let you know how I'm doing in case anybody's really interested or following. Um, I feel like I'm not, I'm definitely not genetically blessed. Um, I'm not a special case or anything like that. So I feel like if I can get my fitness and health in order, then I think everybody else can too. So I guess I just sort of want to be an example to show others that they can as well. So I'm hoping that it will motivate others to do the same. So along the journey so far, these eight weeks, I've learned a bunch of things about myself, about my body, and about fitness in general. And I wanted to share some of those lessons here um, in hopes that they will, you know, maybe help you shift your thinking about certain things or, um, you know, maybe make things easier for you if you are getting ready to start a fitness journey or if you're on one and struggling and not happy with your progress, things like that. So I figured I would just share. Um, and some of these are totally against what conventional wisdom is or, you know, against what you might read on the internet if you Google it. Um, but I mean, you probably shouldn't believe everything you read on the internet anyway. So <laughs> there's that. But um, this first point I wanted to mention is something that is highly debated. Um, it seems like there's a new fad diet coming out every couple of years based around this one. Uh, but it is carbs are not the enemy. And I'm going to be completely honest. I love carbs. I love sweets. I love chips. I love French fries. I love pizza. Pizza is my favorite food. Um, if I could do nothing but eat all that stuff and lose weight, I would do it. But I can't, so I don't. <laughs> and I know a lot of people, you know, are into keto and low carb. And, and that's great. If it works for you, more power to you. I'm definitely not going to hate on you. But it doesn't fit what I want to do because I feel like it limits me too much and I can't enjoy myself. And if I'm in a situation where I feel like I'm removing too much of something that I enjoy, then it's going to make it harder for me to stick to in the long run. So I think when you're picking whatever kind of nutritional plan you want to do, you need to think about what your fitness goals are and what you're doing. So for example, if you're going to be lifting a bunch of heavy weights, then it's not going to make sense to cut out carbs because you're going to need the carbs to, you know, have good gym sessions. And I can speak on this firsthand because 
I was trapped in my old school mindset of got to keep the carbs low, protein high, and even, you know, raise my fats to offset the lower carbs to keep my calories up. And about four weeks through, I noticed that I was I don't, not, not feeling so good. Uh, my overall wellness, uh, general well-being wasn't feeling so great. Uh, my workouts were becoming a struggle. I would get maybe halfway, three quarters of the way through each weightlifting session. And then I would be, you know, running on fumes. And that was even, you know, taking a pre-workout before my gym session. And then one night, uh, this was strictly by chance, but I ended up eating, I think I threw a banana into my late night smoothie because I always have a smoothie at the end of the night. Um, that's like sort of like like my dessert. It's really sweet tasting. It's got, you know, fruit, bananas, peanut butter, stuff like that in it. But I, I tried a banana. I thought complex carb. It'll be a good fit. It'll you know also help with the creaminess of the smoothie. And, you know, spoiler alert, it did help with the creaminess of the smoothie. It was a great idea to add it in. But my workout the next day by adding these extra 15 to 20 carbs was amazing. Like I woke up the next morning and I felt like I was just locked in just locked and loaded and ready to go. Like I felt amazing. And at the end of the day, I thought, ah, maybe it was just a one-off. So I ate the exact same thing the next day just to see if that's what it was. And then the next day after that, it was the same thing. Amazing workout, crushed by personal records and everything from the previous week. And so I thought, well, maybe I'm going to try this for a few more days. So I did it for another three to four more days. And then looking back at the data from those five days of doing it, I was like, well, there's definitely a trend here. I'm feeling better with more carbs added in. So I lowered my fats, kept my proteins where they were, and raised my carbs. And my gym sessions ever since have been amazing, and I've just felt better. So for me, adding in more carbs is better. Just makes me feel better in general. And it gives me a little more leeway in terms of, you know, being able to sneak in a sweet here and there, um, not over, not overdoing it, of course, but like I said, I don't want to limit myself from doing anything. And again, that sort of ties into my second point, which is when you're doing a nutrition plan, choose whatever is going to be easiest for you to stick with. So for me, it's balance, but if you could really care less about carbs and you want to, you're going to be better off doing something like keto that works for you and it supports your workout goals, then by all means, go to it. Or if there's, you know, I don't know, whatever other diet's working, I guess there's intermittent fasting, um, I don't know, all kinds of other stuff. If those things work for you and you can maintain them, then do them if they're bringing you the progress you want to see. But just remember, if you keep trying these things and they're not working and you're not able to stick with them, then it's time to go back to the drawing board. Just something to keep in mind. Um, another big lesson I learned was that you have to make it as easy for yourself to comply as possible. And for me, that means I need to meal prep. Um, in the past, I would meal prep for a day or two, which was great because those couple of days would be awesome. And then I would run out of food that I had prepared. I would have a tough day at work. And then I'd get done with work and not feel like cooking. So that's where I would go and have junk food or go have fast food or some kind of takeout. And that was a recurring theme over and over and over again. So 
Now I make bigger batches for my meal prep so I don't have those situations. I'll run out of food on like a Thursday night or a Friday night where I only need to make food for like a day or two because if it's Thursday or Friday, just have to get through Friday and then I can cook again on Saturday, make a bigger batch. And that's really been, wow, I would say probably 90 to 95% of the battle for me because, I mean, my job's pretty much shut down in terms of going into offices. Um, It's been work from home for a year now. So for me, it's just, I get hungry, just go grab my prepared meal out of the fridge, throw it in the microwave, eat it, done. Takes a couple minutes to prepare, everything's ready to go, and that's it, finished. And it just keeps it simple. I don't have to worry about, okay, I've got to prepare this, I've got to do all, take all this time to do this, or okay, I don't have anything ready, that means I've got to go out and get something, and then I head out and I'm hungry, and then I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to eat this now, I'll be okay. And then I end up getting, you know, something terrible from McDonald's or, you know, wherever, Wendy's or go to the grocery store. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a healthy salad. And then I'm like, oh, the pizza smells good. I'm going to get that instead. Or you know how it works. You can't go to the grocery store, go out to get food when you're super hungry and expect to eat something healthy. I mean, that just never works for me. So got to keep it simple. And that means planning ahead and doing the meal prep. And that the planning ahead also involves, you know, taking a look at your week on a Sunday, taking a look at the week ahead. So you look and think, all right, do I have any social events coming up this week? Is there going to be a period where I know I'm going to be going out to eat a certain night or I'm going to be going out to lunch? So for example, my daughter just turned 13 this last Thursday, March 4th, and we were going to do a birthday dinner for her. Me and my parents, uh, my ex-wife and her parents and a few other people, And we knew we were going to go out to eat. So we had my daughter pick where she wanted to go, which was Buffalo Wild Wings. And I knew that a few days in advance. So once I knew where she wanted to go, I started scouring the menu to look at, all right, what is going to fit in my calories? What's not going to overdo it in fat? What's not going to overdo it in carbs? And I was able to, you know, put a meal together that didn't put me over. And, you know, the meal actually had French fries in it. So I was able to have like, you know, was was it naked chicken tenders with a dry rub seasoning on them and some French fries. And I think somebody got onion rings. I had a couple onion rings. So it was not a a big major damage thing, but it wasn't like I just showed up at Buffalo Wild Wings and I was like, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to eat. There's no nutritional information here. Ah, well, to heck with it. I'm just going to eat 50 wings. (laughs) You know, it wasn't like that. Like I was looking ahead at what was going on. And I knew what I could have and I knew what I needed to stay away from. So it's a, it's a little things like that. Like you've got to look ahead and you've got to make sure that you've got everything planned out so that you can sidestep a slip up because, you know, life is going to do what life does. It's going to throw you curveballs. So you have to be able to adjust. Um, you, you don't know when those curveballs are going to come, but you have to be able to adjust. Most of the time it's going to be on the fly. So if you're looking ahead at like, okay, such and such is going to throw me off my plan Then I need to be prepared. So that's even as something as simple as if you know, you're going to be out all day with your kids, uh, you know, make sure you have like healthy snacks with you have like a uh, quest protein bar or some quest chips or, you know, some fruit and some almonds or something, you know, if you know you're going to be out for a long time and, you know, there's not going to be any option for you to have healthy stuff, then 
just make sure you plan around it and it'll make everything so much easier for you. And it won't put you in that position where you're starving and you're irritated and you're just going to be like, all right, well, I'm just going to eat like crap because I feel this way and I'm starving and I've been out all day because you planned ahead and you were prepared for the nonsense to take place because the nonsense always takes place. Right. So something else I learned is that I don't think motivation is a feeling. Meaning like, you know, you always say, or at least I used to say, I'm going to do this when I feel like it. Or, man, I I really, really want to get in shape, but I'm just kind of waiting for that right moment. Like I just, you know, I'm not feeling motivated. And I think a lot of people say that, but I, I don't think that's how it works. And I actually think motivation comes from actually taking action rather than waiting to feel like doing it. I think if you just get up and do it, once you start doing it, then you start to build motivation. And it's like coming from positive momentum, if that makes sense. I'll give you an example personally. So my preferred workout time is first thing in the morning. Like I, and it's actually like my version of self-care is getting up before anybody else is up, heading to the gym, getting my hour, hour and a half in and coming back. And then, you know, going on with my day. And so I'm usually up between 4.30 and 4.45 a.m. every morning. And there's been quite a few times where that alarm goes off and I didn't get to bed early enough the night before and I'm tired and I don't want to get up. So I will hit my alarm and I will sit up on the edge of my bed with my feet on the ground. And I've kind of got my head cradled in my hands and I'm just, I'm trying to talk myself out of going to the gym. I mean, I'm trying my best to talk myself out. Like, dude, just don't go. You can go later. You'll be fine. Or there's seven days in a week. You only work out five. Just go Saturday or Sunday. You'll be, it'll be so much better. Just sleep in today. This has happened quite a few times. And I'll sit there for a good five, 10, sometimes 15 minutes. And I'm just bargaining with myself, bargaining, bargaining, just, you know, put it off, put it off, put it off. But then I just get up and go. And once I get up out of bed and start brushing my teeth and putting my clothes on, that whole feeling of let's just stay behind and not do it today disappears and I'm ready to go. And then that motivation to get a good workout in slowly builds as I'm driving to the gym. And, you know, even behind the scenes, look, as my pre-workout kicks in, (laughs) that also helps with motivation too. spoiler alert. Um, And then by the time I get to the gym, pre-workouts kicked in, I'm headed to the locker room and I get to the gym floor and I'm ready to go. And those feelings of, I feel like I need to stay in bed. I'm feeling lazy today or completely gone and I'm just ready to crush it. So that's what I think. I think if you actually get up and take action and start moving, the motivation comes after you take that first step. I don't think the feeling for motivation comes and then you feel like doing it and then you go. I think you need to do it the opposite way. You take the action and then the motivation comes. So remember that next time you're like, you keep putting something off. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll start it tomorrow. I'll start it next week. 
Start it today. And then watch what happens. You'll feel like doing it the more you start jumping into it. All right. Another thing I learned. You can't out-train a bad diet. And I've been super guilty of this. Uh, Weightlifted most of my whole life. Um, going back to high school off and on, but I've rarely, rarely had my diet nutrition locked in. So I, you know, would be really strong, but I mean, physically have nothing to show for it. I would still be, you know, chubby, overweight guy. And it's because I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't getting enough protein. Um, you was still eating too much processed food, too much junk, and you know, just numerous times a day. And I've noticed the change physically for me in these last eight weeks, just from eating properly, and the effect it's had on myself physically, how I feel, just health wise, um, how my skin looks. Just, you know, really random things like that. Um, you know, you hear all the time, you can't out-train a bad diet, but just being able to actually see it for a change is, uh, it's a big deal. It's 100% true. So remember that if you're not happy with your physique um, and how you look, then take a look at what you're eating because you can do all the working out you want to do, but if you're not eating to support whatever your physique goals are, then you're never going to hit those goals. And then another important thing, which I mentioned earlier, you know, your weight loss progress, you know, it may or it may not be linear from when you start. Um, you know, you'll, like I said, it's been eight weeks for me and I've lost four pounds. So, you know, on average that, you know, oh, that's respectable half a pound a week. He's not, doing anything crazy. He's not crash dieting. He's, you know, losing a respectable amount. You know, I could lose more if I wanted to by cutting calories down, but I'm not trying to crush myself and overdo it. But again, I lost four pounds that first week and then put on a couple pounds right afterwards. So if I were to graph it out, which shoot, maybe I should do that. Graph it out in Excel and then put that up with my pictures just to show the zigzag effect of what it really looks like to lose weight. Yeah, that's a good idea. Anyway, the side note that anyway, so yeah, it'll go up and down, up and down, up and down. It's not just going to start up at the highest peak and then go down the whole way. It's going to zigzag. So you have to be prepared for that. If you're only checking the scale weight. And I mean, you have to remember too, if you have days where you're up or down a pound or two, it's, you know, going to be water weight. It's not going to be you actually put on two pounds of fat in a day. That doesn't happen. It's just going to be like, all right, maybe you had some sodium retention. Maybe you didn't drink enough water. So just something to keep in mind. Don't crush yourself. You know, if you weigh yourself every day and you go up, you know, a couple pounds in one day. And speaking of water, another lesson I learned you should be drinking at least a gallon of water a day. Um, when I first started out, I was getting less than a gallon. And then somebody on the message board in Joe's group mentioned drinking a gallon of water and it kickstarted their weight loss. So I thought, well, crap, I should be drinking more water too. I haven't been drinking enough. So since then, for I guess probably about the last eight, 
no, wait, eight weeks. I guess maybe the last five weeks. I've been getting at least a gallon of water a day, if not more. And it's been a huge help for me too. Um, I think the only time I gained weight, I gained 0.2 of a pound. And then every other week, it's been a loss. So there's been no crazy water weight shifts or anything like that. And then another thing I learned is that the thermic effect of protein is real. So basically the thermic effect of food is saying that your body will expend more energy to burn certain foods. So for example, your metabolism has to ramp up more to burn a gram of protein than it would to have to burn a gram of carbohydrates or a gram of fats. So it takes your body more energy to burn the protein. So in a way, if you think about it, it is actually ramping up your metabolism. So I think that's why whenever you start working with a trainer, they put you on a, a diet that's got higher protein because your body's working harder to burn all this protein. So you're getting a little bit of an extra caloric burn by getting more protein because your body's working harder to burn it. So keep that in mind. If you keep your protein low and you, you know, have your carbs up high and your fats up high and your protein super low, eat more protein and lower those other two things. And you'll see a bit more of a caloric burn. Um, well, I mean, you know, assuming you're working out as well too. Um, another thing I learned is that, uh, with my gym sessions, um, for me personally, I try and focus on adding weight each session and it doesn't really matter how much or not even adding weight all the time, but adding, you know, a rep or two to something. So I've got rep ranges for everything and I try and get to, you know, as many reps with as much weight as possible at the top of that rep range set for each lift. And then if I can hit all those for the certain number of sets, then I'll raise the weight unless I feel like it's super light and I can keep going up each set, then I'll do that. But that's another way that I measure my progress. So if my body weight is staying the same, my body fat is staying the same, but I'm getting stronger in the gym, I'm progressing. So I feel like, well, if I'm getting stronger, then I'm, you know, building more lean muscle mass, or at least that's what I tell myself. I have no idea if that's scientifically backed because I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but that's what I tell myself and it works for me. So I'm going to stick with it. And, you know, it also keeps me motivated too. Um, it makes going to the gym fun because I know that, hey, today I'm going to bench more than I benched last week, or today I'm going to squat more than I squatted last week, or today I'm going to deadlift more than I deadlift last week, or maybe I'm not going to do more weight, but I'm going to do more reps. And it, it makes it like a challenge. It makes it like a game, a certain goal number to hit. So I think that's part of what something you can incorporate to make exercising more fun is just to set little games and goals like that for yourself. I mean, if you're not working out with a buddy and you're just on your own, you have to figure out a way to keep it interesting and to do a challenge. So challenge yourself, you know, and focus on, you know, you don't have to kill yourself every workout, but just try and get 1% better each day. And then that's going to compound over time. And, you know, you get 1% better for a day. You add that up over the course of a year. I mean, 365% 
that's a pretty big jump, right? So just keep that in mind. And then the most valuable thing that I've learned throughout all of this is that you need to be patient and trust the process. Now, there's been, I'm not going to lie, there was a couple times where I got on the scale and it didn't say what I wanted it to say. Um, you know, I thought that, oh, it's going to be a super huge drop this week, and it wasn't. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, automatically change everything. Like, all right, I didn't lose as much weight as I wanted to this week, so I'm going to drop 500 calories a day. Like, that was my initial thought. Or I've got to add all this extra cardio in, even though I haven't been doing cardio at all. Or, you know, I'm going to cut carbs back this week. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Just initial, you know, fly off the handle uh, reaction to not getting my way. Pretty much, I guess, sort of being a spoiled brat towards myself, and having a few minutes to calm down and realize, hey, you've got a process, you've got a plan. Trust the process and stick with the plan. You've had amazing results so far, so just stick with them. They'll get better. You get to where you want to go. Just stay on the path. So be patient. It's not an overnight thing. It took you years to get out of shape, to build the bad habits of being overweight, to become comfortable with being overweight, to build that overweight mindset. It took years for all that stuff to take hold. Um, you know, maybe even decades in some cases. And it's going to take time to you know, dig yourself out of that hole too. It's not an overnight thing. So you have to think that to become that healthy, fit, I don't know, jacked, ripped person, you actually have to become that person at your core. That means you've got to build those habits. You've got to build that mindset. Um, you've got to learn all those lessons that come along with that. So you can't have one without the other. So that process, trusting the process, is where you build all that stuff. That's part of the journey. So you need to embrace it, trust it, and enjoy it. Because that's where all the fun happens. That's where all the experimenting happens. You get to see what works and what doesn't work. So those are just some lessons that I learned so far after eight weeks. Um, this has actually been one of the most fun self-challenges I've ever done. Um, just learning about, uh, myself, my body, um, I guess my discipline and being able to do stuff, you know, it's even just something as little as being in the gym by like five thirty, five forty-five in the morning. I mean, you see a few people that are in there every day, but it's not a lot. So you just see how uncommon, uh, you know, the self-discipline is to do things like that. And it just, it makes you feel a little different because you're doing things different than a lot of other people are. And that's another motivating factor because you're like, Hey, it's five 30. I'm in here in the gym working my ass off and everybody else is still asleep. Um, you know, by the time they get up, I'm going to have my workout in and I'm going to be, you know, eating breakfast and have my cup of coffee. So I'm already ahead of the game. That's another motivating factor for me. So anyway, those are some lessons that I've learned. Thank you for listening to me ramble on and brag about how great I've been doing these last eight weeks. I truly appreciate it. I hope that you're able to find something out of it for yourself. 
Um, if you have any questions or want me to talk more about anything that I've mentioned, um, we've got a new email address now, professional sounding. It is now Craig at singledadreboot.com. That's C-R-A-I-G at singledadreboot.com. Um, I'm going to be picking picking up the pace on my blog too. I'm going to start posting more on there, uh, www.singledadreboot.com. Uh, my mom is not the most technologically advanced, so I'm going to be sharing my podcasts on there so she has an easier way to access them. Uh, she has no Spotify. She's not sure how to use uh, Apple Podcasts, so I'm going to try and make it easier for her by embedding the podcast in there for her. Um, we'll also be posting other articles and stuff on there as well too and other content here and there. So again, uh, www.singledadreboot.com. Um, but yeah, if you have any feedback, any questions about anything, um, want me to talk about anything, again, Craig at singledadreboot.com. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in again. Um, thank you if you've tuned in more than once. Uh, if you listen on a platform that allows reviews, um, please leave a five-star review and talk about how great my podcasts are. Um, to get more people to tune in, I really want to build a community and you know spread the message and get more people to open up and share their stories and find other people that they can relate with in terms of you know bouncing back and healing themselves and you know turning their lives around. So, hope you all have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you next time.